0: The title of the message today is Diligence in Adversity, Diligence in Adversity, and I'm trusting that the Lord would use this to speak to our hearts, that we walk out of this time of input under His Word, uh, where some things have changed and some thinking has changed, and we walk out of here ready to align ourselves with the Word of God. Diligence in adversity, so this message deals with obviously being diligent, it deals with being persistent, and it deals with being committed in adverse times, in the face of adversity. Now, I think it's fair to say that we are all very tired of lockdown. Does anybody agree with me? You are tired of lockdown. Now, we see those hands at home. (laughs) Uh, You know, I can feel them. You know, we are. I mean, this has been going on for quite some time. And it is not an easy time. We're tired of isolating from other people. We are tired of social distancing. Yes, we need to keep on doing that. But we're still tired of it. And we're tired of this lack of emotional connection. Now, I was listening to somebody that was describing this whole thing of... of, uh, you know, the, the whole coronavirus issue and what everybody's facing. And aside from the actual problems of a virus that is spreading, for everyone, there is the sense of almost being in limbo. Somebody described it as being out uh, in the ocean, kind of lost at sea in a small vessel, and you can't get out of the situation. You look around you, and there's just water, water, water. There's uncertainty. And you kind of think, when will this end? Where is the land? When is this gonna draw to a close? And, and we don't yet know. But the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. And so this is why we li- need to live almost in a day-by-day way. And just thank you, God, your mercies are new for today. I don't know exactly how long this thing's gonna take, but your mercies are new and I receive them. But quarantine fatigue is real. Have any of you heard of that term, quarantine fatigue? And so uh, I was reading an article about that, and they were saying a few symptoms of quarantine fatigue are the following. Lack of motivation. Being less productive. Feeling drained. Lethargic. Can anybody identify? Diminished performance. Reduced ability to solve problems. It's almost like your brain gets a little hazy or something, and low levels of creativity. So, these are some of the symptoms that generally are being observed because of this ongoing quarantine thing and the fatigue that comes with it. But I want to say this if you don't take action, you will get stuck in this time. Let me say that again. If you don't take action, you're going to be stuck in your mind and in your emotions. And so we've gotta get our heads and our hearts moving in the right direction. And a lot of what we think during this time is very important in terms of that. And I also wanna say to you, child of God, you need to think about your gifts and your skills because your gifts and skills Do not go into hibernation during this time. It's not like God says, okay, well, there's this thing going on on planet Earth, so you don't have to use your skills. You don't have to use your gifts for this time. No, they don't go into hibernation. You need to think, God, how can I still at this time serve my community, serve my world with the skills you've given me, with the gifts that you've given me, and think about ways in which to move forward and not to get stuck. Also, I believe that we need to refocus on our purpose and on our calling. Your purpose and your calling is still alive and well today. And if you begin to think about those things that are in line with your purpose and your calling, it will reignite you. It will certainly reignite you because God's placed that within you. And so kind of what I'm saying, folks, in all of this, we cannot stop living, but we need to remain diligent. Can I get an amen from somebody here? So we cannot stop living. We need to be diligent. Now, the Bible is filled with wonderful principles, many wonderful principles that can help us to live a blessed life, a fruitful life, and a prosperous life. And what such principle, which is my focus today, is the following. This is it. The hand of the diligent will rule. Have you heard that principle before? The hand of the diligent will rule. Won't you say that with me, here we go. The hand of the diligent will rule. Now this might be something that you've actually never heard before, and I'm going to show you briefly where it's found in Proverbs. You can turn so long to Proverbs chapter 12. But I'd like to actually encourage you to memorize this principle. Would you do that? And specifically, this is a principle that can help you move forward during this difficult time that we're in. So let's have a look at the word. And it's Proverbs 12, verse 24 and 27. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And here it starts off with stating that principle. Here we go. Verse 24. The hand of the diligent, please say that word, diligent will rule. Wow. There it is. An incredible principle, which that in itself could have a profound effect on your life. The hand of the diligent will rule but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is a man's precious possession. Just take note of that. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting. In other words, You know, in those days, you you would go out and you would always go hunt and so on, but this guy would bring home his hunt and he wouldn't even bother to take it further and, and cook it and prepare it. In other words, he didn't finish the job. And then it says, but diligence is a man's precious possession. Have you ever thought of diligence as being a precious possession in your life? According to scripture, it is. Now, let's look at these same two verses in one other translation. It's uh, the Passion Translation. I rely predominantly on the New King James Version, but then sometimes like the Passion just gives a different perspective. It says, verse 24, if you want to reign in life, don't sit on your hands. Instead, work hard at doing what's right. For the slacker will end up working to make someone else succeed. to verse 27. A passive person, it's a nice way of saying a lazy person, <laughs> a passive person won't even complete a project, but a passionate person, that's the diligent one, a passionate person makes good use of his time, his resources, and his energy. And so we say the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Now, in terms of this, the hand of the diligent will rule. That phrase in the message says, the diligent find freedom in their work. I believe that work is not a curse. God redeemed us from being under the curse, and we work to fulfill our destiny and our calling. It's a blessing to work. And the diligent find freedom in their work. That same phrase translated in the New Century Version says, hard workers will become leaders. Maybe you've had a design in your life to become a leader. You've never become a leader in your sphere of influence. Well, maybe there's diligence that needs to be applied in your life. But this word diligent, if we look at the dictionary definition of diligent, it says the following. It means to be constant in effort to accomplish something. It means attentive and persistent in doing something. Diligence means done or pursued with persevering attention. But that first one I particularly like. Diligence is about being constant in effort to accomplish something. There are four points that I'd like to share with you based on this principle that we find in the word of God. Number one, diligence is a value that is sorely lacking in today's culture. I wonder if you agree with that. Diligence is a value that is sorely lacking in today's culture. And I would submit to you that today's culture is more readily defined by easy come and easy go rather than by diligence, by hard work, by faithfulness. Today's culture, it seems to me that there's this thing of wanting things just to fall into your lap, even though you don't work for them. Now, I know that that is a generalization, but just bear bear with me for a little bit, if you don't mind. Today's culture, and I'm talking the culture around the world, They want things like participation awards. Today's culture feels entitled to have something even although they didn't work for it. Today's culture expects perhaps a big salary even although they've just come out of high school, just come out of matric, expects a big salary. Today's culture, this might be a little bit sensitive, but doesn't know how to work with a spade. You say, John, I don't even know how to work with a spade. But if you could for five minutes, would you even know how to work with a spade? But, and by, by the way, today's culture says, no, 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 you don't need to work hard, you just need to work smart. Well, that's great and all, but even in working smart, you need to work hard in working smart. Today's culture wants to save the rainforests but still shower for 25 minutes in the morning. mm <laughs> I don't know if anybody can relate to that, and yes, it is a generalization, but now let's move aside from the culture on the whole. Let's talk to people individually. If you are somebody that hasn't had diligence modeled in your life, and maybe you're not a diligent person, maybe you could be described by some of these phrases. You have trouble in starting projects, trouble in finishing projects. A person who lacks diligence is often late for meetings and commitments they don't deliver on time. Uh, They are overly concerned about perks and coffee breaks. They speak about big dreams but you can see that there's no way of moving towards those big dreams. People that lack diligence make an idol out of leisure and pleasure. People that lack diligence are wise in their own eyes and they tend to make excuses. Now, God's word says to us that we should not be conformed to the culture of the day. You see, as people of God, we live by a different code. Not by what culture sort of puts on us, but we live by the code of the word of God, the ultimate renewal manual, if I can put it that way. And the Bible says, don't be conformed to the culture, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what is God's word? What does the renewal manual say? Well, one of the things it says is that the hand of the diligent will rule. Can I get an amen? Number two diligence is not a spiritual gift from above, it is a skill to be learnt. Let me say that again. Diligence is not a spiritual gift. From above, it's actually a skill that you learn and that you develop. And I believe very firmly that we need to teach our children to be diligent. It doesn't just come automatically. This is not the responsibility of the government to teach children to be diligent, neither of schools or whatever. I want to tell you it is the responsibility to be taught in the home, God says, raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he's older, he will not depart from it. And so, for instance, in teaching a child manners, have you noticed, maybe in raising your children, that manners don't come automatically? You have to teach them how to have good manners. You have to teach them how to say thank you after the meal. And uh, you have to teach them how to let a lady, for guys especially, to let a lady walk in front of you to go into the door. I still believe in that. It's a sign of respect and honor. And so these are things that have to be taught. You also teach a child to share. Because when you have a little kid who's 18 months old and he's got his toys, there is this innate thing where he doesn't want to share. And you have to teach a child No, 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 that's not okay. Little Johnny, you see people always use my my name in vain. Little Johnny, you've gotta share your toys with Bradley, you know, and so it doesn't happen automatically. You need to be taught. I was thinking about another thing. You have to teach a child not to litter because otherwise a child will litter. It doesn't just happen, it needs to be taught. Let me tell you a little example here. I remember when I was a kid growing up, We were driving together in the family car. I think we were heading off on holiday. And so mom and dad in the front, myself and my brothers in the back. And we were heading off a nice time, holiday, all of that long road trip. And so uh, here I am in the back and I'm busy munching a little packet of chips. So I'm munching away at my chips and enjoying it and so on. And then, you know that last part where you've got to lick your finger and get the last bit out? That's the yummy part of the packet of chips. And then afterwards, I just opened my window and threw the packet of chips out the window. And my dad just about freaked. He said, what are you doing? I said, no, I'm just keeping the car clean. <laughs> my dad said, who do you think is going to pick that up? I, I don't know. Somebody. Somebody's going to pick that up. My dad said, don't you ever do that again. He said, you fold it up and you put it in your pocket or you give it to mom. You know, moms always have to take the rubbish in the car. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Moms, we love you. Our hearts go up to you. But here's the thing that we need to teach these things and diligence is not a gift from heaven. It needs to be taught. By the way, if your parents were diligent and hardworking, You are at a distinct advantage, let me tell you that. You may not even realize it, but their example has profoundly affected the way you view life and the way you operate. I can honestly say that my parents did not have a lazy bone in their bodies, and I thank God for their positive example. And I know my mom's listening to uh, the service right now. Love you, mama. So even if your parents, however, did not set the best example for you, I want to just tell you that you can still grow in diligence and you can see where God will take you as you grow in diligence. Even though you don't have examples in your family, perhaps, there are wonderful examples in the word of God, which I'll get to in a few moments time. Now, let me change tack a little bit for a moment here. As South Africans, we all enjoy rugby, am I right? We all enjoy rugby. We love supporting our Springbok team. And I think of recently how Sia Khaleesi came home with uh, the team and the cup, and we were just so excited. It rallies the nation together. And one of the coolest things for us as Springbok supporters is when we beat New Zealand. I don't know, but beating New Zealand is just that cherry on the top. But to tell you this, to become a Springbok rugby player, You have to be diligent to get into that team. You have to work hard at it, you really have to. No one gets to be a Springbok without working hard. And I was thinking of one of our former uh, Springbok fly halves, Mornay Stein. He was uh, an example of diligence, and specifically he was excellent at kicking at posts. He was brilliant for a long period of time. He's not so active anymore. But they were asking Mornay how do you practice, you know, and how many balls do you kick uh, per week in practice? And he said the following, I usually kick 200 to 300 balls per week. That's a lot of balls. I'm personally thinking, who's going to fetch those balls? <laughs> <laughs> Two to 300 balls, that's a lot. And you know what? Most of us, we would have maybe thought, well, 60 or 70 balls and that's enough, you know, I don't want to push it too far. But amazingly, he would kick two to 300 balls per week. Now wonder, he was so good at kicking between the posts and scoring goals, it's an amazing thing. But the thing is, he was a diligent man. While others were maybe playing around and fooling around, he was a guy who was diligently kicking. Now, in terms of myself, I think of when uh, I was in primary school The school reports would come home and oftentimes there was this little phrase which I grew to not like. It was the phrase, John needs to apply himself. (laughs) I thought the teachers were ganging up against me and so on but it turned out they were actually right. John needs to apply himself. And so it was later on that I began to apply myself in the beginning part of high school for the first time. I started to take responsibility to be diligent. I'd apply myself in everything, in my sports and so on, in drumming, in skateboarding, in cleaning the pool. That was my chore to get pocket money. I would uh, be diligent in doing sound at the church. I was diligent in preparing the stage every week and I'd lay out the cables and mark everything. And I was diligent at doing that and I learned this. And here's the thing that I, I want you to understand that I did not have this naturally. But I had to learn to apply myself, and you too can learn the same thing. Romans 12, verse 11 in the New Living Translation says, Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. I just want to, before I go on to the next point, just give a little caution here. In terms of diligence, that if diligence is pushed to the extreme, it can actually become destructive. There are some people that sort of become workaholics. And I believe diligence is not being that, not at all. So we need to keep a balance. There are some people that are, they are prone to overachieve. They're trying to please some other person. Sometimes they're even trying to please a father or a mother who's not even alive anymore. Or maybe they're trying to perform to get God's acceptance. And I want to say to you, don't be caught in the performance trap. But rather, you just serve the Lord with gladness. But let me say this being diligent does not mean being a workaholic. So keep a balance. Amen. On to point number three diligence opens the way for opportunities and promotion. Isn't that nice? Diligence opens the way for opportunities and promotion. There's a scripture in 1 Kings 11, verse 28. And it says, the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor, and Solomon, seeing that the young man was industrious, made him the officer over all of the labor force of the house of Joseph, which is of the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh. And so that word industrious, I would submit to you that that is very similar to diligence. Diligence. And in terms of this, basically what happened, here? Solomon, King Solomon. He saw a young man by the name of Jeroboam. And he said, you know what strikes me? This guy, he is diligent and he is industrious. And automatically, a position of opportunity came for him. And so I wanna say to you that I believe in this principle. I certainly do. I believe that also this principle of being diligent Uh, also relates to another principle which comes in here. Faithful in little, faithful over much. (laughs) I believe that principle, and I believe that it can work for you. I think of a situation years ago where uh, it was in 1995, my dad was involved in being instrumental in starting a city fraternal. Initially, it was called Love Pretoria, here in our city of Pretoria. Later on, it became known as Love Pretoria East. And So from the get-go, I was going with my dad and being involved in these meetings, and then shortly thereafter, my dad passed away. He went to be with the Lord. Now, he had always encouraged his pastoral team to come to these city pastors' meetings, and One by one, those pastors began to sort of drop off and not attend, not attend, because kind of the boss is not there encouraging them to go. But I felt an instruction from the Lord. The Lord said to me, John, you be faithful and you continue to go. So I obeyed. I continued to go faithfully. I continued to contribute positively. And then the amazing thing happened about two years later, much to my utter surprise, I was voted in as the coordinator of that minister's fraternal. And there was another pastor in the city leading a large mega church at that point in time, such a man of you know profile, and, and he didn't even get that opportunity. But I got that opportunity, and I was only 24 years of age leading a city pastor's fraternal. I want to tell you, I believe in this principle. Diligence opens the way for promotion, leadership, rulership, opportunity, responsibility, and influence. And listen to this statement. Dedicated and diligent people will rise to positions of leadership just as surely as cream rises to the top. I want to go on to point number four. Point number four. The Bible has outstanding examples of people Uh, sorry, outstanding examples of diligent people whose example we should follow. And one of the best such examples is Joseph. When you think of Joseph's life, do you think of a diligent person? He certainly was. He's one of the best examples. Listen to this, Genesis 39 verse four says the following. So Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight and he served him. I just want to remind you, Joseph had just been sold into slavery. Potiphar bought him and brought him on as a slave in his house. And you know what? Joseph decided, I'm going to serve this man. And so he served him. And so then Potiphar made him overseer of his whole house. And all that he had, he put under his authority. So here, Joseph was a diligent man, promoted to be over Potiphar's house. But then he ends up going to prison. Why? Because Potiphar's wife is trying to seduce him. But even in prison, he gets promoted. Why? Because you cannot keep a godly man or a godly woman of God down. You cannot keep them down. Even in prison, listen to what it says. Genesis thirty-nine twenty-two. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, It was his doing. Can you see how he had free reign? (laughs) He He could tune the shots, if I can put it that way. And he could say what happened in that prison. And so even there, he got promoted. And later on, God promoted him even more as a diligent man. And he came to be second in charge over all the land of Egypt, which reminds me of a principle. And it says in Proverbs 22, verse 29, Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. I want to tell you, child of God, there are some people under the sound of my voice, God is going to use you in a way that is beyond your wildest dreams. God is going to use you in significant positions in the medical field, in education, in technology, in um, the whole infrastructure development in government, in leadership, in politics. And I wanna encourage you that you stay faithful in what God has put before you and you will be amazed at the places that God will take you because God is faithful to his principles and his word. And so I just wanna end off reading the scripture and then we'll briefly pray. I started off and this is what it said in Proverbs 12 verse 24 and 27. If you want to reign in life, don't sit on your hands. Instead, work hard at doing what's right. A passive person won't even complete a project, but a passionate, diligent person makes good use of his time, his resources, and his energy. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, We thank you, Lord, that even in a time which is turbulent right now, that you can use our gifts and our talents and our ability. We pray, dear God, that you would help us to move forward and to serve our world and serve our community with our talents, with our skills, with our abilities. Help us to realize, Lord, that you will always reward us if we will be diligent in what you've called us to do. Because Father, at the end of the day, we wanna hear the words from you, Abba Father, saying, well done, good and faithful servant. So we bless you for your word. We esteem your word. And we thank you for what we have learned today. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. We all say, amen, amen. We'd like to thank you for being with us today. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.